Hey everybody, what you are about to listen to is an episode of Am I Dying? Here at Offscript, we've taken the Am I Dying show, put a twist on it, and created the new Is It Serious podcast with Dr. Mark Lewis and Dr. Jean-Luc Neptune. Think of it this way. The Am I Dying docs discuss lots of symptoms, while the Is It Serious docs answer lots of questions. And all of the episodes are here on this feed for your listening pleasure. For new episodes, don't forget to subscribe, and thanks for listening. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you hear my printer in the background? Yes. Oh, I think I only have another 120 more pages. Oh, I actually had it printed up. Okay, sorry. It stopped. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Chris Kelly. And I'm Dr. Mark Eisenberg. And we are here to answer the age-old question, am I dying? All right, today we are going to talk about a topic that many guys have thought about or encountered over the course of their lifetimes, but pretty much no one ever wants to talk about, and that is erectile dysfunction. You're an expert on that, aren't you, Chris? I am not going to respond to that, but I will say that erectile dysfunction is something that, although no one really wants to talk about in their own lives, and even most people are reluctant to talk about it with their doctor, the public nature of the discussion has changed quite a bit insofar as there are ads all over about erectile dysfunction, and it's just it's a problem that at a minimum people are aware exists now, so that even if uh, you're not so eager to talk about it, at least you have some evidence that this is a common issue, or at least that's what the TV would have. Well, actually, that's, you remember in 1998 when they came out with Viagra, so there was finally a treatment, all of a sudden that started a dialogue. Before 1998, nobody wanted to talk about erectile dysfunction, and afterwards, people seemed to joke about it. Like, all of a sudden, everyone had it. Didn't Bob Dole or someone have it? What was? Can, can we talk about what a champion Bob Dole is for <laughs> like his first big... I mean, can you just imagine the conversation? He comes home... He says to his wife, honey, I got great news. A company just offered me tons of money to promote their product. And she says, oh, good. You know, all these years working in politics, making a small income. Finally, you know, we'll get to be a little more comfortable. And he's like, but there's one catch. The product is a penis pill. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how awkward and difficult that must have been because he was really the first person to publicly come out and be the face of erectile dysfunction in American culture. But he did it, and he was great. And it was really important because people used humor. But the truth is, erectile dysfunction is something that causes a lot of people anxiety and depression. And at least it introduced this conversation into the public so people could realize they were in good company, people who actually had what they call erectile dysfunction that was renamed ED. ED, indeed. So, Mark, why don't you go ahead and try to define ED for our listeners? Um, ED is when you're unable to get an erection, or you can get an erection, but you can't keep an erection when you want to. Right. You're not able to achieve or sustain an erection that is sufficient uh, for sexual intercourse, masturbation, or or whatever you might choose to use your erection to do. Mm. So erectile dysfunction, pretty common problem. There's a lot of different causes uh, that this might happen. I I think it's probably still underdiagnosed because guys don't feel comfortable bringing it up. Literally. (laughs) At the same time, um, I I think that there's also been 
an excess of consumer products introduced to deal with this problem. And I mean that not only in the number of different medications, but also in the ways that one can get them now. There is entire internet services, Roman, Hims, for example, dedicated to just shipping pretty much anyone who wants it a box mm-hmm. of Viagra. And and I'm not sure that's a great solution either because it's not. There's many causes of erectile dysfunction and many of those warrant further evaluation. Exactly. So what Chris is saying is we can't always assume that erectile dysfunction is because of your anxious. Like the first time you're with someone and you're anxious, it actually could be a marker that something else seriously is going on with your body, such as heart disease, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol. So for people with erectile dysfunction, you probably should bring it up with your doctor to, uh, to discuss whether you are having other issues that we need to address. So let's do our part, Mark. So, so why don't we start with uh, what you already mentioned, anxiety. So I, I think anxiety is a way underappreciated cause of erectile dysfunction. Especially it depends on the age group. So if you're under the age of 35 or 40 and you're having problems with erections, it's likely anxiety. I shudder to think how many people are getting Viagra online who actually just have anxiety-related problems. Exactly. That could be easily treated without medication or or not easily, but could be treated without medication. Yeah, because I mean, one of the problems with Viagra, although rare, is it can cause a prolonged erection that could actually be a problem. And you might have to go to the emergency room and have your schlong drained. We will talk about schlong drainage in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of people, they're taking medicines that are effectively serving as a placebo, uh, giving them the confidence to have intercourse when there's nothing physiologically wrong with them. No. So, so some signs that anxiety might be driving your erectile dysfunction are if the erection issues happen only in certain situations. So if you wake up with erections and you can masturbate with a normal erection, but when you try to have intercourse with somebody, you have issues or when you get past the foreplay, you have issues or or it's just situational issues, but it's not pervading every aspect of your life. That's probably anxiety related, just performance anxiety. Exactly. The first thing a doctor will ask you is, do you ever wake up with erections? If you could wake, if you wake up with an erection or you can get an erection once in a while, likely there's nothing wrong with your body and it's all in your head. The problem, though, is, as we say in the book, you get into this death spiral. I think, you know, I've had a lot of patients talk to me about the fact that they they can't get an erection and then they become nervous that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And then the anxiety just spirals out of control. And and many of them desire medications because they feel like it's the only way to break that cycle. Yeah, which that's what they do. They'll get in and all of a sudden it'll be easier to get the erection and they can break the cycle. The problem is then they're always then afraid to get off these medications. Right, because of course, feel like you can't do it without them. So so if your erectile dysfunction is purely situational and in some situations you have no problems and in others you do, that's probably something that uh, is performance anxiety driven. You don't need medication, but you do need to just figure out why you're having that anxiety and work on overcoming it just slowly, yeah. step by step. Yeah. Um, and try not to rely on medications. Yeah. So that's, I think, uh, a, a very common cause of erectile dysfunction among younger people. Exactly. But actually, do you know what the most common cause of a real non anxiety uh, f- cause of erectile dysfunction is in people in their 20s and 30s? I can't think of any appropriate response to that. So no. Cigarette smoking. Tell me. 
So actually, nicotine and cigarette smoking can actually damage the small vessels in your penis. Hmm. So I kind of like the vascular issues that people can get causing um, discoloration of their fingertips or ulcers. I guess that can cause problems with the penis as well. Mm. So what is the solution just to quit smoking, I would assume? Yeah. Like it's so funny. Everyone's like, oh, I'm I'm not going to quit smoking if I want to die of a heart attack or a stroke. That's my uh, choice. But the truth is, uh, if people really realize that smoking is probably going to cause erection problems and then possibly if you keep smoking, it might get to the point that even medications like Viagra won't actually help you, then that might actually motivate people to actually stop smoking. Now, Mark, I feel like another issue that we should just quickly get out of the way too is expectations about performance, right? I mean, once you're 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you're not going to have the same erectile performance, am I correct, that you will when you're in your 20s or 30s? Well, actually, they say once you're over 40, 45, also you're not going to have – it's not going to be like when you're 18. Although, is that such a bad thing? Do you remember when you were like 12 having to get up in class? (laughs) No, I don't. What are you talking about? (laughs) No, but I mean, yes, as we all get older, you can't expect to be the same way you were when you were 16 or 18. So so what is a reasonable expectation for your libido and erectile performance once you're getting into middle age and beyond? How do I know? Do I look like Dr. <laughs> Ruth? No, you look like someone who's in middle age and beyond. I don't know. What's reasonable? What's your sex life like? <laughs> no, actually, you bring up another very interesting issue. Uh now that porn is so prevalent and people watch it, they also their expectations of what they think is a normal sex life actually could actually contribute to a lot of anxiety. Yes, that's absolutely true. Isn't that why your your <laughs> wife has put blocks on all your computers, Chris? Hey, at least I know how to open a web browser, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly your whole house knows you know how to open a web browser. <laughs> Mr. I'll be ready to podcast. Just give me 45 minutes to figure out how to get it on this Etch-A-Sketch. Well, who ever heard of something called Firefox? <laughs> So let's get into uh, having gotten out of the more common and less dangerous causes of erectile dysfunction. We we started by saying that it can actually be a sign of undiagnosed medical problems that warrant their own investigation. So so let's jump into some of that now. So as cardiologists- Don't we need to take a break first? All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the, the causes of erectile dysfunction that you should be a little bit worried about, not just because of the problems they portend for your penis, that was a nice alliteration there, but also because uh, they could cause spell trouble elsewhere. So stick with us. We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, and we are back. Today we are talking about erectile dysfunction, a very common problem among guys and one that uh, can frequently be uh, misperceived uh, as a medical problem when it's really just performance anxiety or perhaps even unrealistic expectations about uh, your own libido and performance. On the flip side, it, it can also be the exact opposite. It can be a sign of a broader medical problem and something that uh, warrants a, a more general medical evaluation. So, you know, as cardiologists, we're, 
we're usually not seeing young, healthy people in their teens, 20s, and 30s. We're more frequently seeing people with multiple risk factors for heart disease or established heart disease in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. And erectile dysfunction is a very common problem in that group. And Mark, why don't you help people understand the bridge between the heart and the penis? Uh, Why? Literally. Because I'm older than you? You think I'm an expert on erectile dysfunction? No, I just so, I just thought explain the relationship between the heart and the penis was such an amazing segue <laughs> that I figured you'd have something great. So let's hear it. Okay. So we all know that there can be buildup of cholesterol in the walls of the arteries leading to the heart, and that can cause heart attacks. But also – all the other arteries in your body can also get clogged with cholesterol too, including the arteries in your penis. So in fact, a lot of people out there, especially older guys who are having problems with erectile uh, dysfunction, mm -hmm. uh, it may just be because the arteries aren't providing adequate blood flow to the penis to get yeah. an erection. And in fact, the way Viagra actually works is by relaxing those arteries, dilating them so that more dilating. blood can get to the penis. And so the penis can engorge and become erect. So again, the smaller arteries, not that you have small arteries down there, some people smaller than others, but the, the fact that those could actually be the, sometimes the first marker that you might actually have clogging of the arteries of your heart. So what drives me crazy about these online services that will just ship Viagra to anyone who completes a three-question survey is, number one, as we mentioned, probably most many of the people who who get them don't need them because no. they're having performance anxiety. But number two, the people who actually do need them because they have arterial disease in their pelvis need a lot more than just Viagra. They need yeah. an evaluation for why they have arterial there, disease there in the first place yeah. um, because a lot of them have undiagnosed cholesterol problems, diabetes. Uh, this may be a long-term consequence of smoking or high blood pressure. And, yeah. and erectile dysfunction is sometimes a good starting point for exploring those issues and good motivation for treating them. Yeah. So again, next time you're at the doctor or maybe you should make a doctor's appointment, you should let your doctor know that you have some problems with erections because your blood pressure should be monitored. You make sure you don't have cholesterol problems. You should make sure you don't have diabetes because all that can be treated. And in fact, some of the treatments for actual diabetes and cholesterol will actually reverse the problems with erections. It's interesting. I don't know if this technology has gone anywhere, but I remember hearing a year or two back that just as they were stenting open arteries on the heart for people having chest pain, they were stenting arteries in the pelvis to improve blood flow to the penis and treat erectile dysfunction. Do stents come that small for you, Chris? I mean, <laughs> it's not stents in the penis. It's the stents uh, leading in, you know, in the arteries leading to the penis because basically. No. Just as you're using medications like Viagra to improve blood flow to the penis, mm -hmm. you can mechanically improve blood flow to the penis. And maybe down the road, that'll be a treatment for erectile dysfunction. Just putting it out there. Oh, sounds like a horrible treatment, to be honest. Why? It's, the, the stent is down there. You don't have to take any more medications. It's not in your penis. Uh, it's in your pelvis. It's, it's not going to you know, be damaged. You just brought up another. We already went through that some, some erectile problems can be um, – 
performance anxiety. Sometimes it could be a marker that you actually have something else going on in your body, like your blood pressure is too high, your cholesterol is too high, or you actually have diabetes and don't know it. Uh, we clearly know that people who smoke have more erection problems, but actually, could you be taking a medication that's causing your erection problems? So first of all, there are certain medications that actually can cause erection problems. Do not stop the medications if you're on one of these medications without speaking to your doctor. But some of the more likely medications are medications called beta blockers, which are actually used to treat high blood pressure. And a lot of what are the SSRIs, the antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications can also cause some problems too. So if you're taking an SSRI for anxiety or depression, uh, unfortunately, you shouldn't be shocked if you get some of these issues. Usually, uh, as my understanding is that they'll get better with time. So if you just kind of stick with it, uh, the problem will get better. Um, but, but it is a known thing. In fact, people use these medications therapeutically. Sometimes people will take a low-dose SSRI uh, just because they have uh, problems with premature ejaculation. And then uh, that'll, I guess help them with that issue. And incidentally, if they have any anxiety or depression, they'll take care of that as well. Yeah. So, so we've gone through some of the most common causes uh, of erectile dysfunction. Uh, there's a few other, I think, a little less common issues that someone should just be looking out for because they, they can cause issues as well. So number one, um, if you have pain with urination, pain with ejaculation, pain with erections, uh, you could have an issue with your prostate or you could mm -hmm. have a urinary tract infection. And so if, if very acutely you're having problems uh, with sexual performance and you're having pain down there, that's something that needs to be checked out right away. Uh, because yeah, I have a question for you. How about riding yeah. a bike? Riding a bike. How, how about it? Because <laughs> that's, that's not going to cause an infection in your penis. No, and, but can that cause erection problems? <laughs> unless you do all sorts of weird things with your bike. Um mm. Yes, riding a bike uh, can also cause some issues, not the way I ride a bike, which is rarely and briefly. But mm -hmm. if you are on that bike all day long and you've got one of those tough rubber seats that's not very accommodating, just by pressing on the perineum, which is the area you know between the scrotum and the butt. Are you, uh, are you allowed to use words like scrotum on air? <laughs> I feel like it's our show. We can use whatever words we want. Okay. So you're saying the increased pressure from the seat can actually injure the nerve. It can. And, and speaking of injured nerves, we talked about diabetes yeah. as a risk factor for blood vessel problems earlier. And it is. Diabetes can also damage the nerves going to the penis and cause decreased sensation and erectile problems mm -hmm. um, in the same way. So people with diabetes are in sort of double jeopardy when it comes to their penis gotcha. and, and so other things. So the take-home message is 40% of people over the age of 40 will likely experience some form of erection problems in the next year. Um, definitely speak to your doctor. As, as Mark about can tell it. you, it's okay. <laughs> you can still be a successful New York-based cardiologist. Hmm. Anyway, uh, speak to your doctor about it because you should be checked for your uh, cholesterol to make sure you don't have diabetes. Uh, to have your blood pressure checked. And again, if you're smokers out there, don't expect to be like you're 18 in the bedroom if you keep smoking because that will not happen. And most importantly, don't just get medications online or from your friend or whatever to treat the problem until somebody has actually gone through it with you and made sure that that is indeed the best solution. Because mm -hmm. again, a lot of people 
don't need medications. And the ones who do should be getting evaluated for why they have this problem in the first place, uh, because you may also be at risk of heart disease. And uh, sometimes erectile dysfunction can be the first sign uh, that, that you're at that risk. So make sure that you talk with the doctor openly about this problem. I can tell you it's something that we deal with on a regular basis uh, with our patients. Um, and it's nothing to be embarrassed about, and you'll be glad that you dealt with it. Yep. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> you, should, you should just end every episode with, yep. <laughs> okay, thank you for joining us. As usual, see you next time. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Am I Dying is a production of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. Karen Lee is our production manager. Darren Tun is our production intern. Am I Dying is recorded, mixed, and edited by Ariel Nachman. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments and feedback. For more information, visit offscript.com.